This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents, families, and customers throughout the rest of the year. And before we get started, I would just like to have my co-hosts introduce themselves. So, Ruby... We'll start with you. My name is Ruby Compton. I'm the program director at Green River Preserve. Uh, we're located on a 3,400-acre private wildlife preserve in western North Carolina, and we focus on connecting children with nature. Excellent. And I have recently been there for the first time, and it is truly as beautiful as Ruby says. Gabrielle. <laughs> and I saw pictures that Beth showed me of Ruby's <laughs> camp, and it is gorgeous. <laughs> Lovely. Um, my name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Warrow. Uh, camp Warrow is an all-girls camp in the Laurentian Mountains, and we focus on creating a positive girl community while also learning either English or French. Thank you, Gab. And I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker and a co-founder of Go Camp Pro. I was an executive director of five children's summer camps in Ontario, Canada for 15 years and am now a consultant with my husband, Travis. And I specialize in leadership training and empowering young women. So today's topic for our podcast is summer flings and healthy partnerships, training for relationships at camp. We thought it was about time we covered this topic since we've skirted around it in many podcasts, so we're giving it its own time, and Ruby's going to tell us why. Because love is in the air, right? <laughs> like, so I, my it. history has always been... My history's always been at co-ed camp, but it certainly happens at single gender camps as well that, you know, you put a bunch of young people together or old people or whoever, <laughs> you put a bunch of people in a community together and there's going to be stuff that happens. So um, we thought that this would be a great opportunity to talk about how to talk about it because uh, I think sometimes people don't think about that. They think if we just don't address it, maybe it won't happen or if I just turn a blind eye to it, <laughs> that it, it just won't be an issue. But um, I think we're all three firm believers in expectations and making those very clear at the beginning. Uh, so we'll share some tips with you today. Great. Thank you. So Gab, why don't you start, it up, start us off? What's your policy at Waro in terms of romantic our relationships? Well, our, our policy uh, is, is you can have a romantic relationship if, if you'd like. So um, we don't have the hard no, uh, no romantic, uh, you know, relationships. Um, of course, of course, we do have rules with, um, uh, with minorities, so anybody that's a, st a staff member that's 17, um, if you're 18, that's a big no. Um, and of course, nothing with campers, uh, clients, and CITs are included in that. So that's a, that's sort of the general statement. Uh, that being said, uh, part of our policy is that if you are in a relationship uh, with another person on camp, um, nobody on camp should know about it uh, by by looking at you, whether it's whether it's in the counselor's um, lounge uh, or if it's visibly out on on camp. Uh, people shouldn't know that you're actually in a relationship. And um, that's to create uh, an environment where 
uh, everybody's on equal um, equal ground. It's also to help young staff members to to understand that sometimes status is a motivation to be in a relationship, and when people other people know that you're in a relationship with a certain person or vice versa, it creates a status. Just even being in a relationship can create sort of a uh, an apart type um, uh, feeling. So mm-hmm. so that's something to discourage sort of younger younger staff members. Um, and it's also so that we all, sh- um, our behavior should look the same with, ev- should be equal with everybody that we're uh, spending time with. So that's our policy. And um, I like that policy because the uh, the owners of our camp happens to be my parents. And my parents met at a summer camp, not Camp Warrow, but another camp. And it's a lovely relationship. And they're a great model for a good relationship and a healthy relationship. Um, but the the way they act around each other is also uh, wonderful as as role models. Great, thank you. And your parents are like two of the cutest people ever. So I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with that. Uh, Ruby, what about you? What's your policy at Green River? Uh, I would like to do a little reading for you. Uh, so what I've what I've prepared Love actually it. comes right out of our our staff covenant. So we have a a contract that lays out kind of the legal pieces of employment. Um, but our staff covenant is really the agreement. It's it's like a um, a homeowners association agreement almost. Like you're coming to to work at camp and live at camp, and by doing that, like you're giving up some freedoms. And here's the choices and some of the freedoms you're giving up are the choices that that our community imposes on you. And if you don't want to do that cool, don't come be a part of our community. Um, so this is something that's sent out prior to staff arriving at camp and it goes out with their um, their staff contract. Uh, and then again is talked about during staff training. But to specifically address relationships, I just, I like the language that's used um, because it really makes it be about being a choice that everyone is making. Um, and, and yeah, so, uh, Again, a reading from the GRP um, <laughs> staff covenant. I feel like we I should realized- have music. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> elevator music uh, would be amazing. <laughs> uh, so it says, I realize that exclusive relationships are not in keeping with the inclusive nature of camp. Intimate relationships between and with campers are never appropriate. Intimate relationships between staff members are strongly discouraged and in all cases should be completely invisible to the campers and during working hours. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's the policy. Um, and we'll talk more about training. But you know, my personal belief is I don't want to I have much greater issues to deal with during the summer than like policing whether the people are in relationships or not. Um, and so kind of the, the simplest way that I explain it to the staff is the minute that I know, or you bring that to work, then it becomes part of your work evaluation, right? Like, and it's not on purpose. It's, you know, I can't unknow that information. So as soon as, you know, we see you holding hands or a camper comes up and says, I think, you know, whatever, then it's hard to not bring that into decisions that I'm making. Like, well, should I put you guys, you know, on this activity together? Should I not put you on this activity together? Um, And if you're uncomfortable talking about your relationship with your boss, don't bring it to work. (laughs) Pretty simple. Our policy was also pretty simple. Um, And it was, of course, you may engage in romantic relationships at camp. After all, if we've done our job right in hiring, we've put together a pretty amazing group of people who have a lot of similar passions in life. And what better pool to draw from for some people to find a romantic partner? 
So it seems really sometimes ridiculous to me to think that people who share such similar goals and are amazing people won't find romantic relationships at camp. I know that there are some camps out there that don't allow you to have romantic relationships during the summer. And they tell you that even if you have those feelings, you have to wait until September to act upon them. But I worry that maybe we're doing a disservice to those staff, having them miss out on some pretty amazing opportunities to really get to know someone without all the technology, without all the interference from school or work or this so-called real world busyness that you are at your best self at camp and maybe that's the best time to meet someone. All that being said, it's not like we're match.com and we're out there hoping that you will find someone romantic. Uh, to be mm-hmm. with. We're just saying it's a possibility and we we recognize that. Um, we would also not allow campers, um, we would also not allow campers to see what healthy relationships really look like because some of our campers don't ever get to see that. So sometimes with adults who are in a healthy relationship, then they do have that opportunity. I mean, after all, that is where Travis and I met, uh, where my son and his girlfriend of eight years have met where many staff alumni have met and then actually married right on site. Um, And some have married off site as well. But we have a ton of alumni who have met their partners at camp. So I'm all for it. But of course, there have to be boundaries. And they were front loaded, as Ruby said, we're big on expectations. And they were very, very clear. So obviously, again, what what, uh, Gab said about uh, no relationships with campers or CITs or LITs or whatever it is you call them, and to be very careful about the power relationship in terms of, you know, a 25 year old dating a 17 year old, that sort of thing um, was certainly frowned upon. But Camp came first, so no romantic relationship could get in the way of doing your job, being with your campers or putting them first and so on. And I was always really clear with my staff that, as Ruby said, I don't want any drama. So that if there are any troubles in Loveland, none of the rest of us should know about it. It should never affect job performance or the camp community. Campers should never know about this drama and that it never took priority over what camp needed. So if, for example, you and your partner broke up, You couldn't gossip about it with other people. It couldn't affect my decisions for counseling pairs or people working in teams, any of that stuff. If you had issues with your romantic partner, you two needed to deal with it on your own and it could never negatively affect camp. Um, Campers were certainly allowed to know that staff members were dating, but only if that couple chose to tell them themselves. Nobody else could ever out that relationship. It had to be their choice. Um, And so most of the time, most staff chose not for that to be uh, public knowledge. If campers did know, it was never to be a a topic of conversation. Sometimes teen campers, they really want to talk about staff relationships and, you know, all that kind of stuff at night. So, you know, is he a good kisser or, you know, all those kinds of questions that they want to ask. But those private details were always to be kept private. They could certainly tell them how long they had been dating or when they met, but it was never to be the focus of campers because that's not why we are at camp and uh, not what we're at camp for. So um, there are a couple of camp couples I can think of at the camp now who have been dating for five or six years and it is public knowledge, but to look at them, you would never know uh, in those moments when the rest of camp is around that they are dating one another. They treat each other as professional colleagues. And so that is helpful too, I think, for campers to see that type of role modeling. So Gab, then, how do you train staff relationships um, in unique and effective ways? How have you been able to talk about it with your staff during training? I think humor is a huge, important aspect. Um, 
I, I, I used to do it in a serious way. It's all serious. Okay. I, I do want to, I, I do want to state this is, it's a serious conversation, but, I, but I don't want it to sound like something that is, um, I don't want to, I want, I want staff to be able to connect to it, connect with it. So for example, uh, with us, because we are a same gender camp, um, it was only really about 10 years ago that we started addressing the fact that our staff might be dating each other and not just maybe the kitchen boys in, in the kitchen. And that was to create a safe space for anybody that, that may be attracted to, to the same gender that on the same, at same time, what we're trying to, um, eradicate was any sort of, uh, homophobic, um, um, tendencies. And so as, as a fun joke, you know, saying this is a possibility you might date or somebody on staff might be dating each other. If you have a problem with that, like watch Glee, get over it and let's move <laughs> forward. And so, so in a way it was just like a bandaid, just saying like, listen, this is what happens. <laughs> yeah. Whether you agree with it or not, doesn't matter. Uh, at our, within our organization, we accept everybody. Um, so that was point A and then point B that allowed us to get to the realities of you, you may or may not uh, be dating somebody. Now, um, because we're a same gendered um, camp, um, this was sort of new for us. This was not something, a conversation that we had had uh, previously. So I remember Beth uh, saying that, uh, I, Beth, what do you say? It's sort of a camp goggles. Be careful of the camp oh. goggles. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And I was like, it's so true because you're at camp and you see people and they're like, they're so wonderful uh, at camp, but ne not necessarily outside of camp. So, um, or it's just, it's just a summer romance. So, so make sure, be careful before you're sort of, you know, you're committing to somebody. Is this somebody that you would see yourself, you know, after camp with, or is this just something you want to experience during the summer? And if that's the case, that might make it a very difficult situation for, for that person or for yourself. Mm -hmm. So, uh, just taking it seriously, I think was very nice for, for our staff members. I think they felt heard. And I think it also created, um, an environment of inclusivity and I and at the same time um, I think what we were able to to look at was uh, how we actually treat each other in equal ways uh, constantly so if if we have somebody that is um, maybe very energetic and very um, sort of you know has close proximity uh, to other people if they're like that with everybody and that's and it's comfortable for the other people then that's how they act. If you're somebody that's a little bit, um, you know, you know, you need your bubble, and that's how you act with everybody. So it it also comes to a conversation on how do we treat treat each other equally, um, and also uh, the comfort levels of uh, people in the room, and uh, you know how the impact that you have. So it's it's not just about dating; it's about uh, respecting personal space and respecting the people that are around you. Basically, great. Thank you, Ruby. How do you train staff in, about romantic relationships? One of my favorite ways that we did that was um, one summer. So we, I have two directors that are, that are married um, that are, you know, in their thirties um, and they have kids. And so like, you never want to think about your, your parents having sex. You never want to think about your <laughs> camp directors having sex, but uh, they one day, like, I can't remember what it was, but it was some, during some training session, the, the two of them, the couple, like, came up and just were kind of in the corner, but in front of everybody just making out. And it was super awkward and, like, 
groping and I and feel just really like very right now you just saying it. I'm like, what? I don't yeah. want to be part of this. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable. And then like very quickly they were like, so let's talk about that. You know, <laughs> and how, how are you feeling right now? Um, so I really love that. I think it's the shock value. I think if you're having a big issue with it, that's something you could even throw into a midsummer training. Like if you have a married couple or, you know, or, or a couple that feels comfortable doing that, that it's not going to make it seem cool. Like it's going to make it seem like, Ugh, you know, um, that's, that's an option. I thought that was pretty hilarious. Um, another, um, Another thing that I think is is interesting that I heard from my staff this past summer is that we had a lot of staff that were in relationships outside of camp. Um, and so I, it never really occurred to me to maybe provide some training to staff about how to manage that. Like, how do you manage your life outside of camp while you're at camp um, and still have a beneficial camp experience? And like, I think largely the answer is you kind of forget about the rest of your life. You know, if you're really the people that I've seen do the best at camp are the ones who who do kind of let go of everything that's going on outside of camp if they can and really focus in. Um, I can say that all day long, but that's way more powerful coming from return staff. Uh, so one of the ways that we usually end up in that conversation is I do an activity and I've referenced it before on the podcast. Um, that I saw on a webinar with ACA, and I never can remember to look up who the guy is that did it, but it's the four quadrants of accountability. And um, we talk about how, as staff members at summer camp, we have a relationship with the campers, we have a relationship with the parents, we have a relationship with the, our coworkers, and we have a relationship with our directors. And that all four of those relationships all the time are being managed. And so we talk about during staff training, how is it that we are, what are the expectations of the campers? Um, how do we manage that relationship? What does it look like? What are the expectations of the parents? How do we manage that? What, where do they get those feelings from? You know, um, And then often kind of the, that's all really helpful stuff, but there's always a moment where we end up kind of spending some extra time talking about our relationships with other staff members and what makes a great staff member and um, who are the types of people that you want to work with. And a lot of times without me having to say it, the staff members themselves will generate the idea of we don't want any drama. And that's a great opportunity too for somebody to share like, you know, I've worked here a couple years and I've seen that the staff who um, the staff who hangs out together and like really connects with one another, they have that much more incredible of experience than those who are really plugged into their world outside of camp. So if it's possible for you to do that, um, consider it. Consider making that choice for the summer because it's going to make your experience that much better. Um, so, you know, it's a culture thing. And as we've talked about before, like a lot of that culture can't just come from you. You have to make some decisions, but your return staff are your biggest advocates in making that culture happen. Um, just the last little piece that I would say that, uh, is a tidbit I picked up from the national conference this year. Uh, and I feel like I heard a couple different folks talk about it, but the first person that I heard talk about it was, um, or people was, um, Dr. Chris Thurber and Scott Arizala. Uh, in the EPIC pre-conference, talked about giving your staff some language for um, for gossip or venting or problem solving. Like, what what is it that you're doing? And I've I've heard more and more from younger directors recently this um, this question of like all, the staff overshare with me, or I feel like I need to know what's going on with the staff so somebody knows on the admin team but like maybe it's not information I'm going to pass on but then my staff start telling me things that maybe I shouldn't know or it's kind of a liability for me to know and so um, 
they suggested this idea of basically telling your staff at the beginning of the summer, look, there's three categories, right? Like there's venting. Everybody's got to do it. Let's talk about what that looks like. Who is it appropriate to do that to? There's problem solving. Like I have this thing going on and I need help with it. And then there's that like really juicy piece of gossip that you cannot wait to tell somebody. And if telling somebody is only going to make you feel better and it's not going to make those people that it's about feel better, it's not your information to share, then it needs to stop right there. Uh, And so I thought that was really interesting, like applying some pretty specific terms and helping the staff understand, like, does this go in this category, this category, this category, um, as, as far as who should I share with or if I should share it at all. Great. Cool. Thanks, Ruby. I always found for me the direct approach was great with this one. It was great with most things, but um, mm-hmm. occasionally we did scenarios performed by very senior members of the leadership team to showcase what we were not looking for in romantic relationships. So a lot like Ruby's married couple in the dining hall. Um, and they were amusing but uh, and could kind of break the ice on the topic, but they always led into great discussion about how detrimental toxic relationships could be to camp and um, you know how we wanted to avoid all of that. My best memories, and I've talked about this before, but there were ones when I could sit all the staff down nice and close together, maybe at my feet if I was sitting on a bench just so they could see me. Um, And we could talk about things like adults, which I know as I say that sounds slightly ironic because they were sitting like kindergarten children in that scenario. But I just loved the idea of bringing everyone in nice and close for an important conversation. And my staff knew that when I did that, it was something important that we were going to talk about. So one year, the first few days of training, I looked out across the dining hall and I realized that out of like 75 staff members, half of them were dating each other. So our conversation that year (laughs) revolved around making sure that we were doing what we could to bring our community together as a whole and how things could feel really disconnected with so many couples trying to spend any of their free time together, which was limited anyway, uh, alone together rather than enjoying the company of the group. And that was also the year when I had to make the rule for my own sanity that there was to be no switching. And they thought it was really funny and they thought, oh, ha, ha, Topaz, aren't you cute? And I was like, no, I'm dead serious. Like, no switching. <laughs> because I could see that with lots of people dating, there could be breakups and switching and that would cause huge issues in the community. Now, of course, I never enforced the rule. I don't remember anyone switching, but they all knew it. But because we talked about it a lot, it became a catchphrase and people understood it when we broke it down that the one that we definitely did with a scenario was one of those and the staff members who acted it out, as I recall, were incredibly hilarious. Um, One year I also asked the question, which Gab sort of referenced a little bit in uh, what she had to say was, before you date someone this summer, ask yourself, would you date this person if you weren't at camp? And if your answer is no, then maybe it's not worth your time to do so. And it's not certainly worth their time either. So why waste your summer on something that isn't meaningful or amazing? I've also had senior staff members give a talk about a summer that they had when they, where they were dating someone and they didn't name any names, but where they wish they had remained single because the relationship for them was not a hell yes. Um, and they missed out on all kinds of great opportunities to hang out with their friends and to have the really most, the most amazing summer they could have. And another thing that we did was um, in our women's circles. So that's when once a week I would gather just the female staff and we would have our time together. And Travis had uh, the male staff doing stuff with them. And we would talk about uh, why it's okay to be single 
and what great benefits there are to that. And I often talked uh, to my women about never settling and I encouraged them to do so in romantic relationships as well, that they were worth more than that. So we really talked about only dating someone if that person was really somebody special for them and that might be something that they wanted to do. And of course, we also focused all the time on community building with everybody. I mean, that's why I became a camp director and it was my very favorite part of training and working with young people. So allowing romantic relationships to be a part of it for sure, but certainly never to take over community was something that we talked about a lot and we were very specific about that. I found that being upfront and honest with them created an environment where we put people first and where we put others first, that we didn't settle for anything in our lives. And for some, we found the love of our lives. So having those discussions really just helped us. Anything else anybody wants to add to that? Uh, I, I just want to toss in, uh, we hit on this a little bit on our, our last podcast. Um, I think kind of unintentionally we ended up going there, but talking about you know, how men should treat women, how women should treat men and, and modeling that. Um, and so like a, a secret guilty pleasure of mine is, is reading articles about hookup culture and um, to remember that the framework that our staff are coming from and the social circles that our staff are coming from and what they're seeing on TV and what they're seeing around them and what's okay and maybe have been in relationships like that, like that there, there are some really unhealthy practices that are that are out there happening right now. And so I love the idea of, you know, sitting down with the women and sitting down with the men on staff and, and you know, sometimes at some point sitting down all together and making that commitment to each other of like, this is how we want to treat each other because we can, we can do better. Mm-hmm. We can do better than what the rest of the world does. Um, so I, I think that it's, I think it's a super duper important thing for us to talk about and, Um, you know, I personally love the idea of being able to model healthy relationships, but am also like kind of not ready to be in a camp environment where I'm, I'm managing that yet. So, you know, so, um, I think just realizing that, um, I think the old way of like no camp relationships or like, you know, wet, hot American summer camp relationships, like that's, you don't have to pick one or the other now, like you can be somewhere in the middle, Um, and so much of it is just how you set up the culture. Perfect. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Gab, anything to add before you go to recap? I think, uh, I think uh, for me it is, it's the consent piece. I think there's a very Mm -hmm. nice opportunity to talk about consent and what that looks like. And, and also the responsibilities of, uh, the peers, uh, around, around them. So that's very, very important. Uh, just because we're saying it's okay to be um, in an intimate relationship, it doesn't mean that you have to be. And um, and making that sort of aware. And this is, our organizations are there to provide a, an emotionally and physically safe environment for our staff and for our campers. Uh, so checking all of those boxes and reiterating that information, um, I think is wonderful. Uh, yep. I love the, I like the guy circles and the girl circles. I think that's really helpful. Yeah, we found them very powerful. Um, so I'm glad that's something that we did. All right, Gab. Recap okay. time. 
So for a recap, the consensus is should they or shouldn't they? That is the question. Uh, it looks like with the three of us, it's it's okay, but make sure you make expectations clear at the beginning. Oh my goodness, our show should be called Camp Expectations <laughs> and not Camp Code. Um, so some, great some expectations. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So one of the ways that we create those uh, expectations is from the beginning, probably in interviews, let's make sure we talk about it. But once they're at camp, let's use scenarios. Uh, Humor is really important. Um, It's also important to ask if you if you would date this person on uh, off of camp, then then would you like to date them on camp? Uh, Is it a hell yes? Uh, Being (laughs) single can be super sweet. Um, also look at our community building, uh, be consistent with your actions. How do I treat others? Is it consistent? Important to ask. Uh, also important for same sex camps. They need to address this topic and not turn a blind eye. Uh, and also let's look at, uh, hookup culture and making sure that all of our staff feel safe to say no. So that's our recap for, uh, our podcast today. I think you get better at that every single time. Thanks, Gab. Okay, here's how you can get involved. You can join us using the hashtag Camp Code. We'd love to hear from you, the topics you'd like us to discuss, the guests you recommend that we talk to, great leadership training tips that you have to share with us. We would love to hear from you. We're all about sharing in this industry. Uh, We were all together at National, the three of us, for the second time in a row uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there was tons of sharing going on, and there's nothing like it. So one of my favorite parts about working at camp Also, if you found this podcast to be useful, please leave us a rating and a review for us in iTunes. And you can go there. You can do that by going to camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes or tweet your love of the show by going to camphacker.tv slash love. Your feedback will help us keep the show going. So thanks very much. And here is how you contact us individually if you'd like to. Ruby? So you can get in touch with me by sending me an email at ruby at greenriverpreserve.org. I'm also on Twitter, rubylin85, if you're not going to be at conferences that I'm at. It's cool. I will tweet you the highlights, so (laughs) check that out. Um, And I'm also on Instagram at rubyoutdoors. Thank you. Gab. And you can find me on Twitter at Gabrielle Vale, Real with two L's as well, same on Instagram. And you can check out where I work at waro.com. Thank you. You can find us at camphacker.tv. You can email me directly at beth at camphacker.tv or beth at gocamppro. And uh, you can also find me at Topaz. So Ruby, what are we talking about next time? So this actually comes from ACA National. I um, had a request from a fan. So big shout out to Jalisa, uh, who organizes the Epic National Pre-Conference. She asked me, how do you get the best out of your return staff at training? She said she's had a lot of conversation around that with some other directors. So we want to talk about that on our next episode. Perfect. So our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training. And of course, we'd love to hear some of your memorable moments or the most effective tips that you have seen or performed yourself. So you can tell us what they are using that hash code, camp code. And this week, Gabrielle has our best practice. I'm really excited to share this one because it's something um, that somebody I admire um, did for me when I was younger and it stuck with me. So I had an opportunity to do an internship with the Ontario Camp Association when I was 19 years old and I went to Humber College 
And uh, I took a bus and a subway, two hours to get to the OCA office uh, (laughs) to help out with their conference uh, planning. And during a meeting, um, there's a lovely person by the name of Dorothy Walters. And if you're from Ontario or an enthusiast of the Ontario Camp Association, there's an award that's called the Dorothy Walters Award, and it's for volunteerism. And she's probably one of the loveliest people you have ever met. Um, During the meeting, there was a kerfuffle amongst the board members uh, on the OCA, which is could be fun if you're in your mid-30s or older, but when you're 19, it's very overwhelming. And um, I was smack in the middle of it, not participating, just observing. And uh, in between this kerfuffle, she sort of stood up, and uh, I guess she was probably in her mid or late 70s at the time, and she put a little note on my just by my side and uh, it said um, I would love to grab tea with you sometime Uh, and then it had a little signature with her her initials on it so it was lovely it was beautiful and her and I did grab tea it was was very very nice and um, it was a little gesture that sort of said I see you and um, since then I've tried to not as successfully as I'd like to but I'm going to make more of an effort to not wait to give notes to people. Um, if I like what they say in a session or I see that they do something nice uh, with a child that I, I feel I would like to give them that praise, I try to do that in a note format and I try to do it as soon as possible. And it doesn't have to be on perfect stationery. It can be you know, off of a ripped, ripped uh, piece of paper, um, scrap paper, and I try to give it to them immediately. And um, I know that that action made a very big difference uh, for me when I was 19. Um, but I also know that it's really helped uh, me connect with staff members on camp that uh, that might I might not have had the opportunity to do so. So I try not to wait and uh, try to give them notes as quickly as possible. Excellent. The power of the written word. So Yeah, to, totally. Yes, because we're great at the spoken word at camp, but the written word also has its place and is very powerful. So thanks again yes. for uh, joining us today. Don't forget to use that hash code camp code and thanks for the listening friends please remember no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do if you use an idea heard on a camp hacker podcast please be professional and give credit where credit is due the camp code is brought to you by beth and travis allison summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants thanks for the listening friends Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.